We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. You guys, Derek and Cody with you as always. And guys, we just got done with this Colts uh, four-game win streak that they are now currently on. And we thought it'd be a good idea to kind of look back at the last four games of the Indianapolis Colts and kind of talk about some of the studs and duds along the way. Uh, who's been excelling, who has been uh, on the decline, or basically just hasn't been doing their job. I mean, again, guys, we're kind of just generalizing here. We're not going on a huge tangent to name every single player who's a stud and dud, but we're mainly talking about the biggest uh, players or personnel groups of this team over the last four games. So, obviously, over the last four games, the Indianapolis Colts have beaten the Carolina Panthers, the New England Patriots, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Tennessee Titans. Albeit, three of these four teams are uh, three of the bottom six or seven teams in all of the NFL right now. But nevertheless, the Indianapolis Colts are winning these games, and you can talk about uh, studs and duds of this team and how the team just keeps winning ball games. So let's go ahead and hop into our first group of studs. Uh, and this is basically just a, a majority group here. And Cody, we're actually going to make a video on this group as well here shortly. And that is the pass rush right now. Uh, Indianapolis, over this four-game win streak that they have been on, has sacked the quarterback 21 times in this four game win streak. And that's just insane because the crazy part is, is it's not one person doing all of it. Uh, it's mainly everybody, you know, Samson Mabukum has four in this stretch. I think Quiddy pay has four during the stretch. DeForest Buckner has a couple Dio Adangbo, I think has four in the stretch. So, I mean, it's, it's a good combination of everyone in this group of defensive linemen that are consistently getting good pressure on these quarterbacks and taking advantage of these bad offensive lines that they're facing. 
Yeah, and you know, you mentioned some of those stats, 21 sacks in the last four games. Derek, this game against the Titans marked the third straight game that the Colts have recorded five or more sacks, which is the longest streak in the NFL this season when it comes to that. And the Colts right now on pace, Derek, for 42 in the on the season. That's tied for fourth most. This is according to Mike Chappell, by the way. It's tied for fourth most by a team since stats became an official stat in 1982. Uh, so that's pretty wild. Uh, the fact that the Colts are doing some of these things they're doing, getting after the quarterbacks, you know, you mentioned there haven't been the greatest teams they've been playing against, but to their credit, they've done exactly what you would expect them to do. They've gone out and they've dominated every single offensive line that they've played in terms of pass rush. And so they've done a great job. And you mentioned it, different guys on this team stepping up and making plays. You know, three, four guys here, Derek, in this stretch that have four more sacks. And it's been pretty impressive to see that. And then not to mention some of those other unsung heroes that we don't necessarily talk about. You know, the the Taekwon Lewis's of the world, who, while he doesn't have a crazy amount of sacks, he's just consistently in there and creating pressure and getting a few sacks now and again and opening opportunities for other guys. And so, yes, this, this whole unit as a whole, Derek, it's crazy to see how good it's been this year because, I mean, we've seen in years past, Derek, where it's been DeForest Buckner and then nobody even relatively close in the sack department. And DeForest Buckner is not really a guy that's going to get, you know, 12 to 15 sacks per season. You know, um, I think he plays like and he probably deserves some of that stuff. But but uh, what we've seen, Derek, I think the, the most sacks he's had has been nine and a half with Indianapolis in his first season. So it's not like he's like this mega sack guy that's getting all these numbers, although he's a great player. Um, so it's great to see all these different guys like you mentioned. And talk about, man, and I know we'll talk about this in, in another video, but talk about a risk and reward type of thing that the Colts have had with Samson Mabukum so far. I mean, they signed him in the offseason, Derek. His career high was last year. He had five sacks. Um, with the 49ers, and the Colts take a risk on him. And he right now has eight sacks and leads the team. And he's on pace, Derek, for a double-digit sack season, which is great to see. And, Derek, between him and Quiddy Pay right now, the Colts are on pace to have two guys with 10-plus sacks for the first time. I don't know if you saw the stat or not, but if not, I'll read yeah. it off for you. For the first time since 2010 when Robert Mathis and Dwight Freeney accomplished that feat. So to say the defensive line is performing well, I think is a massive understatement this year in terms of the pass rush, and they've done a great job. And I think it's great because, like you mentioned, it's not just what we saw like in 2013, Robert Mathis, 19 and a half sacks, and nobody else comes close. It's been consistently different guys that have you know created pressure and gotten sacks, and it's been great to see. Um, you know, I admittedly was was hard on Quiddy Pay when he kind of had that dry stretch in the middle of the season, kind of before yeah. the winning streak. But he's to his credit, he has stepped it up. Like you mentioned, and he's played extremely well. Obviously, a Bukum the same way. You know, two straight games with two sacks now back to back games. And so it's awesome to see. And Derek, if you would tell me at the beginning of the season that the force Buckner would be fourth right now on the team wins in sacks. I would say you're insane. There's no way to force Buckner, but it's or, not like Buckner's been playing bad either. You know? Yeah. That's or I would have said that like, or I would have said that the defensive line's been trash all year. That's what I would have right. thought immediately. What I would have said. 
<laughs> right, exactly. So, yes, this defensive line um, in terms of getting after the quarterback, I think it's been above expectation, and it's been great to see. And, and the great thing is, Derek, a lot of these young guys are really starting to come into their own. You mentioned Dio Dang. We you know, talked about Dio Dangbo, talked about Quiddy Pay, all these guys, you know, guys that the Colts took high picks for, you know, and we've seen in the past how a lot of these picks, when the Colts have kind of, you know, gone with some early round picks, they haven't really panned out a whole lot. So it's great to see that the combination of some veterans, you know, that the Colts have either signed in free agency or traded for uh, and, and draft picks. I think it's working very, very well. And so shout out to Nate Ollie, the defensive line coach for what he's done this year, getting this unit to where it is getting after the quarterback as much as they have. They've been nothing short of fantastic. Yep. And I'll save like, I'll save some of the big numbers. Like we'll talk about it in the other video. We'll keep talking about like the rest of the sack numbers and kind of what it means later on in the other video. And I'll save that for another one. But yeah, I mean, you have four guys that realistically Cody on this back stretch, all four of them could realistically hit double figures in sacks, which is absolutely insane. Um, one thing I would say, uh, I will mention this right before we move to another spot here, though. Um, if you look at co the Colts, so the Colts are second in the NFL in sacks at this current moment uh, with sacks this year. They have more sacks, Cody, in this stretch, have more or about the same sacks during these last four games as four teams in the NFL. So wow. the Chicago bears, the Carolina Panthers, the new Orleans saints and the New York giants all have equal to or less sacks than what the Colts have had in their last four games alone. I mean, that's incredible to think about what Indianapolis has done during the stretch. Um, yes. Let's go ahead and, and hop they've done into, it. What's up? Sorry, sorry. I was going to say, and they've done it without Grover Stewart for six games, which I know he's not a pass rush specialist, but like they've done it without one of their best players on that defensive line. So it's been impressive. Absolutely. Uh, let's go ahead and hop into another stud here on the defensive side. I think it's the only one that we really had uh, left on the defensive side. And that was Kenny Moore. Uh, he started, he basically helped start this win streak and what he was able to do, you know, those two pick sixes, Cody in that game against the Carolina Panthers, uh, the weekend that you were getting married, which started all this off in the first place. Uh, hey, Kenny Moore go. just put the whole team on his back and said, I got you, Cody. It's all good, man. We're, we're, oh, I'm going to win this one for you and win this one for Colts nation. And sure enough, that helped get it off and running. And we saw, I mean, Kenny Moore has been good even before the win streak, but he's just gotten even better as that win streak has gone along. And he, he's been a consistently great player through the stretch. And, you know, he's been that veteran in all of this win streak that the Colts really needed in that secondary room. And I, I love what Kenny Moore has been able to do down the stretch. He's been great. Definitely uh, been a great presence, a veteran presence in there for this very young secondary and really helped to weather the storm, Derek, you know, with Juju Brents missing like five games in a row now. He hasn't even been a part of this winning streak. And the Colts have still been able to do a pretty relatively good job, all things considered. Yeah, they haven't been perfect, but I think they've done a pretty good job 
at, you know, containing some of these passing attacks. And Kenny Moore has been a big reason why. And so he definitely deserves his props. He's been one of the better corners. I think he's been the number one slot corner in the NFL this year, Derek. And he's definitely been that during this stretch. So, yeah, Kenny Moore definitely deserves all of the love that he is getting. You know, I didn't mention Julian Blackman, but he definitely is a guy that always you know deserves some praise as well. Um, I know he's not technically on our list, but I just wanted to mention him. I think him and Kenny have been kind of the two best players back there in that secondary this year, and they've kind of had to be being those vets in the room. So definitely want to give them. But, yeah, Kenny's been absolutely fantastic for the Colts this year and definitely is a guy that, you know, hopefully the Colts bring back and he can kind of be that anchor in that secondary room with a very young corner room for the Colts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, it, it's definitely been great for him. Uh, let's go ahead and hop into the last lone stud uh, player that we've had over this stretch. And uh, Cody, it's Michael Pittman. And I mean, mm-hmm. for obvious reasons, uh, I don't really need to explain it much more. Um, so far this year, there has only been four games this year where Michael Pittman has not recorded at least eight catches in a game. Uh, talk about a dude's uh, production being overloaded uh, this year for sure. And, you know, like I said, he's been putting up great numbers even before the stretch. But during the stretch, what you have seen, he has been the overwhelming favorite in the whole offensive game plan, and it has started to really get the offense going. Uh, Against the Panthers, eight catches for 64 yards. Patriots, eight catches for 84 yards. The Buccaneers had 10 catches for 107 yards. And then this last game against the Titans, 11 receptions for 105 yards and the game-winning touchdown. You know, it's only been a matter of time until we get Michael Pittman. That's the first touchdown for Michael Pittman throughout this whole win streak, which is a crime in and of itself because the one time they throw it to Michael Pittman in the red zone, what happened? Scored a touchdown, we win, right? Like, it's kind of hard to believe that Shane Steichen and Gardner Minshew haven't figured that out yet, but they finally did, and it's worked. But you're just seeing, Cody, how... A few weeks prior to that, you know, talking about the Saints, you know, talking about the Jags and talking about like a couple other times when the offense just looked stale, when Minshew what or when Minshew wasn't getting Pittman the ball as much as he is now, 
you're just seeing how Pittman just seems to always be open now. And Pittman is just always getting first downs. And it's been incredible to see how he is uh, getting all this production. Like I said, 37 catches over the last four games for Michael Pittman. And whom, by the way, I don't know if you had saw it. You probably already did. But Michael Pittman has the most catches in their first four seasons in Indianapolis Colts history. That includes Reggie Wayne. That includes Marvin Harrison. That includes T.Y. Hilton. Most catches in their first four seasons as a Colt ever. And the crazy part is, is we remember the first year he was hurt for half of it. And he even said how like that first year was a learning experience for him. And he wasn't even like fully ready. And to do it with all this different quarterback situations that he's had to deal with. And during this stretch, he's, he's been the main proprietor of the Colts offense. Yeah. You mentioned it, you know, a guy that just consistently is finding ways to get open and is making plays, you know, like so many catches from Michael Pittman jr. So much volume, and he has definitely come through, Derek, every single time the Colts have gone after him and targeted him. You know, this was his best performance in terms of catches here in this winning streak year. Obviously, you know, you look at, you know, the game, you know, he had the, in the last two games alone, Derek, he has 21 catches for over 200 yards. So this dude is being consistently targeted as a number one, and he is producing as a number one. And Michael Pittman Jr. consistently now is being that guy. You know, and Derek, I've just never understood the Michael Pittman Jr. hate. Like, I've just never understood it because he's just been a guy that's been so consistent. He's tough as nails. He's not afraid to get scrappy and get in there. And he's big and strong, and he makes those contested catches. And so he's been absolutely great for the Colts. And, you know, you mentioned it. Not great quarterback play. It's not like he's been playing with, you know, prime Andrew Luck or prime Peyton Manning. Like, he's played with... You think about it, Philip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, Nick Foles, a whole thing last year, you know, Anthony Richardson for a little bit, and Gardner Minshew. So it's not like he's ever really played with a top flight quarterback. So that makes you excited for the future with Michael Pittman. Because you think if Anthony Richardson stays on the field and stays healthy and continues to grow, what could that do for Michael Pittman Jr.? You know, what could that do for him and his stat line? Because right now, Derek, he's on pace for you know, about 1,250 yards on the season. Derek, he already, this season, through 12 games, this is crazy, he already has 87 catches on the year. That's nuts. That's crazy. And if he continues this on, Derek, he's going to have well over 100 catches. He might he might be going for 150. He's going to have over 100 up. catches by the end of the uh, Pittsburgh game. Yeah. <laughs> he might That's mess crazy. around. He might hit 100 catches next week. He, I mean, right. he gets 13 catches next week. He has honored. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's been great. So, yeah, I love to see Michael Pittman get the love that he deserves because, Derek, you know, you know, I talked about Michael Pittman having kind of a bounce back year, and I got some pushback from that for people who said he didn't have a bad year last year. And I'm like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying he had a bad year last year. What I'm saying is, Derek, there have been multiple times this year where we have said, that is one of the best plays of Michael Pittman Jr.'s career right there this season. I mean, how many times have we said that this year? It's been at least two or three, if not more than that now. And the dude has consistently been putting up 
number one wide receiver numbers. He's consistently been that guy for the Colts offense when all else fails, when Josh Downs gets injured, when Alec Pierce isn't getting targeted. The main guy has been Michael Pittman Jr. And so I'm not saying he had a bad year last year, but he has ascended his game to another level to the point, Derek, where I think even some of those naysayers that said don't pay Pittman, he's not a number one, are starting to come around, which is definitely awesome to see. So I love to see what Pittman's bringing, and I – think and I hope um, and I think the Colts will do this I don't think they'll let him walk out of the building but pay the dude what he needs to be paid like keep him around because he has been the only model of consistency these last four years he's been in Indianapolis and he deserves to get the money he deserves because he has been nothing short of fantastic this year and a model of consistency every single year for the Colts so I absolutely love what Michael Pittman has been doing he deserves all the love I mean especially it's like he's been he was already playing well this year but the last four games, you talk about it, Derek. You already mentioned it, but I mean, let's just look at it one more time. Eight catches, eight catches, ten catches, eleven catches. So, like this dude is just continuing to ascend into the number one wide receiver territory, and I love to see it. And hopefully, him and Gardner Minshew continue to build on that because uh, Pittman's been great this year. Oh yeah, hundred uh, percent. Last little stud for a group of people here with uh before we go to the duds and that is the pass protection uh pass protection has been really great over the last couple of weeks uh we mainly talked about the reason why Gardner Minshew is taking the sacks that he is is mainly just been on his own accord right Cody we've kind of mentioned it several times several weeks of just Gardner getting happy feet and running into pressure that's just not there so yeah I mean we've kind of talked about how it's not been the O-line's fault as much, but we've talked about the O-line getting back to being what it once was. And it's pretty crazy, too, because, I mean, the Indianapolis Colts have not had a fully healthy O-line all year. Uh, it's always yep. been at least one guy missing. And even when you talk about the Titans game, uh, the Titans game, even then, Braden Smith goes out after the first or second series in the entire game. Right. So, I mean, he was out very quickly and didn't come back. Blake Freeland had to take over. We talk about during the stretch, Ryan Kelly had to miss some games. So you had to talk about Wesley French getting in there. So even amidst all of the, you know, situations where you had backup offensive linemen in through this stretch, you've still been able to move people. You've still been able to pass protect very well for, Happy feet Gardner Minshew back there. So you got to give props to the offensive line for keeping that consistency going. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like you've had two different guys, if my memory serves correct here in the last couple of weeks, Leslie French at center and then Blake Freeland. He's played both left and right. So, um, you know, and they're both you know pretty young guys. Like these aren't guys that have a ton of experience, but they played well, you know, given, you know, the different opportunities they've had. So, I uh, definitely think the offensive line, even though there still are some sacks that are being shown up, I'm not saying they've been perfect, but I do think you look at some of those sacks and you can't blame the offensive line for a decent majority of those this year. I mean, Derek, the strip sack that they had at the end of that first half, I believe it was, or I guess the Colts came back and then they get the field goal. But, you know, before when the Colts were driving down, that's on Gardner Minshew, man. He's got to have some pocket awareness. He's just standing there in the pocket. He definitely could have stepped up. But what's he do? He just hangs in there way too long, and the ball gets stripped. And I, I'm just like, that's on the quarterback, man. He's got to either get that out or run up and, and do something else. And so, 
Yeah, I think the offensive line, given the circumstances, I think they played well. And the two guys that have filled in, I think, have played pretty well also. So, yeah, the offensive line, in terms of pass protection, they definitely deserve to be talked about and praised for that. Yeah, 100%. Now, let's move from the studs to the duds here. Uh, Even amidst this great win streak that the Colts are currently on, you know, there has been some people and groups that haven't been great when it comes to all of this and has almost lost the Colts a couple of these games. Cody, we got to talk about the run defense in the midst of all of it. We This has been the most glaring issue with the Indianapolis Colts over this win streak, and it's no surprise that the main reason that this has been the biggest issue has been because of the loss of Grover Stewart. And when you lost Grover Stewart, obviously you're about to get him back after this week, but you've given up about 150 yards a game with running the football. It's truly insane that the Colts have been able to win these football games in spite of that. Um, It's mainly just been the fact that you know, these teams can run the football they want, Cody, but they're facing these quarterbacks and these offensive lines that just can't consistently pass against them because of the fact that, you know, they're getting consistent pressure on their quarterbacks. So that has been the big thing, but definitely is a cause for concern, even when Grover Stewart comes back, that this Colts run defense is far from being desirable. It's been rough, man. It's been really, really tough this year. And we knew, you know, that might be something with this Gus Bradley defense that you might kind of give up a little bit, right? We, you know, we even said it last year and, you know, like, you know, you might get more sacks, but you're going to probably have some more struggles you know, stopping the run. And somehow, some way, this team, despite the fact that we would say they clearly upgraded from Yannick Ngakwe to Samson Mabukum in terms of the run defense, they've somehow been worse this year. It's been very strange to see that and just kind of the drop-off. And it's not like Derek, they've always just gone right up the middle either. It's been some of those things out wide, you know, where guys just flat-out miss. And it's been very, very bizarre this year to see, like, are the guys even trying? Like, what is going on? Like, why can't anybody just tackle, you know? Like, why are we taking these awful angles? Like, what's the deal here, you know? And so that, that's just been, it's been very concerning this year. And hopefully Grover Stewart gives this unit, you know, coming back, gives this unit – in general, just more of a boost, you know, even, you know, his play on the field, obviously, but maybe just more confidence. Like, all right, we got our guy back. We can get back to where we were before. I don't know what it is, if it's just a lack of confidence thing or if it's just a lack of playmakers, but I think, Derek, the Colts need to invest this offseason into getting some more run-stopping guys um, to help them out in certain packages because, yeah, it's been pretty rough at times. Yeah, it's been rough, and even in this last game against Tennessee, uh, not good, not good. So hopefully, no. To be fair, I feel like they, I feel like they were better in the second half than the first half because Derrick Henry had literally almost like eighty yards in the first half, and then he finished with like a hundred some. So they weren't great. And to be helpful with that, Derrick Henry did miss the entirety of the fourth quarter because of that uh, lower body uh, injury. I don't know what it was, but. Even Tajay Spears had a couple of really good runs in the second half. Yeah. But you're right. It was kind of it, it was a lot better because yeah, they gave up a couple of really big runs, but outside of that, they collectively did a much better job of slowing down 
the rushing attack in the second half. The defense in the second half in total did a really much better job. So can't really complain too much on that. Uh, Let's go ahead and head to the next dud here. And it's the second to last one. And it's been Gardner Minshew through these four games. Um, Outside of the Tennessee game, and even in the midst of that, Cody, we there was a couple times where we watched and we're like, man, if that throw would have been accurate, or man, it, like if you don't fumble the football. I mean, there there's obviously still some bad moments from Gardner Minshew in the first in that first half of this game, but obviously in this Tennessee game, it's the first time all year that you actually won a football game because of Gardner Minshew. And, you know, that has been a that has been a task that the Indianapolis Colts have been trying to get at through this win streak the whole way. But the last three games prior to that, we almost lost the games because of Gardner Minshew, right? We he, he didn't even have a touchdown against the Carolina Panthers, didn't have a touchdown against the New England Patriots. And it also had only like one touchdown or two touchdowns against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He has had more turnovers in this four game win streak than he's had touchdowns. And it has definitely caused the fan base to really wish that Shane Steichen would stop putting so much faith in him. Kind of hard to really be mad at him right now because of obviously winning the game against the Tennessee Titans makes things make things a lot better. But no doubt through this win streak, uh, Gardner has had his fair share of problems. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, he definitely has, and it definitely feels like the Indianapolis Colts. You mentioned it during the last four weeks. They've won in spite of Gardner Minshew in a lot of ways, right? Especially the last three weeks prior to the Tennessee game. But you mentioned even in the Tennessee game, you think, okay, if he would have hit Alec Pierce in the end zone when Pierce was open, he doesn't overthrow him by five yards, you know, up above him. You know, and if he would have made a few more key throws in that game, he wouldn't have thrown that boneheaded two-point you know, pick six, whatever you want to call it. Like that game wouldn't even gone to overtime. Like just things like that. He wouldn't have fumbled the ball, you know, when he fumbled the ball. You know, maybe that, you know, leads to a touchdown there instead of you having to come back, you know, and kick a field goal to end the first half. You know, things like that where you're like, man, like if he would have just done a few more things well, then the Colts would have probably won this game by a lot more, Derek, because I think you really look at it and you say the Colts have won in spite of Gardner Minshew in a lot of ways. And so he's so infuriating Derek, because you know we obviously know the turnovers. He's good for at least one, if not two per game where you're like, what in the world are you looking at, man? And a couple more that probably should have been picked today or turned over today. It's just, it's maddening because, uh, you know, comes out the first drive, boom, delivers a strike to Alec Pierce. You're like, okay, 
but you know in the back of your mind that he's going to do something stupid. Like, you just know he's going to. He's done it all year. And it's, that's what makes him so maddening because he shows flashes of brilliance, and then he just looks like the most incompetent and most unaware quarterback you've ever seen in your life. It's it's just maddening because it's like it's either very high or very low for Gardner Minshew. And I think that's what you've seen from the Colts' offense. There's been some really big highs. There's been some really big lows. And I think, honestly, that falls squarely on the shoulders of your starting quarterback, Gardner Minshew. And you've won not because of him outside of, again, he did throw the touchdown, you know, the nice pass to Alec Pearson, the touchdown to Michael Pittman. Okay, yeah. You know, but that's really the first time this whole year, Derek, like you can say Gardner Minshew went down and drove and won you the game. I mean, you look at the different things. You know, the Colts defense wins the game against Tampa Bay. The Colts defense wins the game against Carolina. You know, the Colts defense continues to win these football games in different ways. The Colts game won, you know, the Colts won in New against New England. Like, they won all of these pretty much. So, yeah, it's been rough with Gardner Minshew. There's been some good, like, like Michael getting Michael Pittman involved and doing what he's done. You know, getting these receivers involved has been great. But also the lows have been what's killed your offense this year. And honestly, Derek, a big reason, I said it earlier, why I think some of these games have been a lot closer than they should have been. Yep, 100%. It's been a struggle when it comes to watching Gardner Minshew. But as I said on social media, I'm not allowed to say too many more negative things about Gardner Minshew for the remainder of the year because of Gardner Minshew winning the game. Uh, we'll, we'll leave it to this guy over here. Nobody you said anything. He never, he never said anything about it. It's just me. Um, anyways, <laughs> last, uh, last one here. Uh, talk about the run game as of recently. We can talk about it because really the Indianapolis Colts run game over the last several weeks Hasn't really been that great, Cody. Uh, we were talking about it just now. I mean, Tampa Bay, yeah, it, Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor had it going uh, really, really well in that game. But outside of that, think about the Carolina Panthers game. Yeah, it, it they did a good job uh, in that one, I guess. But, I mean, it wasn't that great. It didn't help generate a lot of points offensively. And we can talk about the uh, game against the uh, New England Patriots. Outside of that first drive for the Indianapolis Colts, there was no rushing attack in that game. And then in this last matchup against the against the Tennessee Titans, the running game was non-existent with Zach Moss. He was averaging not even three yards carry. So. Yeah, I mean, we kind of went into that game, Cody, thinking that the run game was going to be what has to set the tone to win the game. But turns out it's been the opposite, especially recently. Yes. Yeah, really outside of last week against Tampa Bay, you mentioned it. Like They, they haven't been good. <laughs> Let's be real. They have not been good. Against the Carolina Panthers, Jonathan Taylor averaged 2.6 yards per carry in that game. The Colts did not run the ball effectively. Against New England, same way. Jonathan Taylor averaged three yards per carry. So the Colts, you know, two of these games didn't hit 100 yards. And then today, 
Zach Moss averages 2.7. So the Colts have not been great running the football as of recent. And again, Jonathan Taylor getting injured, that doesn't help you out at all. But still, like this offense recently, they haven't been able to run the football effectively. And, and that definitely is something that needs to change because, you know, with a quarterback like Gardner Minshew, like we mentioned, you can't put all this on his shoulders because he's going to make a mistake. He's going to do something dumb, and it's going to ultimately cost you these games. So I think if you were able to actually rely on this running attack, that would help you out so much and re- and reduce some of these risky plays by putting the ball in Gardner Minshew's hands. So they got to be better running the football. Um, you know, they did, they did such a great job against Tampa Bay. You thought, okay, maybe this offense is turning the corner a little bit, but they come back to earth again, and it just it wasn't pretty at all. And again, it's crazy because Zach Moss had all the carries this uh, against uh, against the Titans. He had 19 carries for only 51 yards. So Colts got to get back to it. And again, hopefully Taylor returns sooner rather than later within that three to five week timeline that was given. But yeah, the running game's got to be better if the Colts want to have that sustained and balanced attack and really take the pressure off of Minshew in this passing game. Yep. 100%. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this one, guys. That's our studs and duds for this win streak. And I think I can give an honorable mention here and say that Coach Shane Steichen definitely is another stud for some of the play calling that's been going on uh, throughout all of this, the aggressiveness and the creativity and just bring it galvanizing all of these guys truly been incredible to watch. Uh, again, Indianapolis has not lost a football game since October. So, I mean, if you need any more incentive to how good this team's playing right now, you know, all you got to do is try to get to the playoffs and do what you got to do. But, again, that'll do it for this one, guys. Let us know your thoughts in the comments. Thank you so much for tuning in. And, as always, Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.